morning. Well, I, uh, as you can see, something happened between last week and this week. Something a little different. Thanks. <laughs> I, uh, I'm just so grateful for the time of worship. Um, you know, just it's so it's so beautiful when we when we sing together like that, and um, you know that especially that second song. I was um, back in 2000, I think it was 16. I think that's when the the Cavs won the the NBA championship that year. Uh, I I told Laban, I said, Laban's my son. I told Laban, I said, if they if they win the championship, we're going to the parade. I didn't think we'd be going to a parade. <laughs> and then uh, LeBron and, and Kyrie, you know, they had the series of, of a lifetime. But So we went to the parade, and that was, that's a whole story in itself. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, it's probably the dumbest thing I've ever done and maybe the coolest thing I've ever done at the same time. But uh, we were in the midst of those, I don't know, they, they estimate one million people. We were in the midst of all those people. Uh, and so there are aerial shots that have been taken, and I can tell where we were standing. And, uh, and it's just like this sea of people, you know. And, uh, and it was a sea of people, not even from an aerial point of view. It was from our point of view, it was a sea of people. But, you know, when we were singing that second song, tying this together, uh, <laughs> When we were singing that second song, um, my mind went to being surrounded by that many people and more singing the praises of Jesus. And I'm telling you what, that, that, gives, me, that gives me chills. That's exciting. I hope you're excited for that. You excited for that? Amen. So worship has been uh, beautiful this morning. Like I said, uh, something happened this week, something different. Um, <laughs> a few weeks ago, maybe, maybe a month ago, I, I told you all that I'm, one thing that you may not know about me is that I'm super competitive. You remember that? Yeah. And... Uh, for some reason, I thought I had to prove it. I, I, I don't know. I, but uh, Monday night, we were a pickleball group, and we were playing pickleball. And it was towards the end of the evening. Um, we were almost done. And, uh, and Brian said to me, you want to play? And I was like, sure. And so we started walking out to the court, and he said, do you, uh, you want to play half, half the court or full court? Where is Brian? Come up here, buddy. <laughs> you got the paddle? Oh, good. Oh, good. So just uh, take that paddle and put it in your hand and just kind of stretch out your arms, will you? Just so everybody can see. Yeah. Yeah, the wingspan. And, and up. Yeah. Look how high that is. So 
I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, if I play half court, I'm not getting anything past this guy. You know, because he's like seven feet, 12 inches tall. I mean, it's like, yeah, sitting down. <laughs> right, right. So I said, because of my competitive nature and wanting to be able to win, I said, oh, let's play full court. That's one of my first regrets. I have many. But uh, we were playing, and, and we, had good, we had a good game going. Yeah. Six to five, yeah. I was winning. And then my world changed. <laughs> I was back on the baseline, and I hit a ball, and, and he, um, he had come forward. And he had this really nice shot. And the nice shot was because he just got it over the net. And I'm back on the baseline. And because I'm competitive, I, I should have let that go. I should have just let it bounce twice and said, good shot, Ryan. Nope, not me. I think sprint to the net. And I think it was either the first or second step. And... I felt like somebody hit me with a hammer in the back of the heel. It, it, was, it was bad. The pain was really bad. What had happened was my Achilles popped. It ruptured. And so I tore the largest tendon in the human body, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let you go back down. It's, yeah, I love you, man. This is not Brian's fault. This is me. This is me. I, I love Brian. He's, he's so good. So, no. No. I don't even think I got close. I'm, I don't think so. But, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, in an instant, life changed. It really did. So this week um, has been several medical appointments. Actually, uh, the next day, three different appointments. Um, and then Thursday, seeing a orthopedic surgeon. Uh, just so everyone knows, just kind of taking care of this online and everywhere. Welcome online. Good to, good to see you. Um, I've decided to go the non-surgery route, let it heal naturally. Um, I have to keep this immobilized for at least six weeks. And so uh, there's a lot of challenges. Um, I, you know, there's things that I have learned really quick. And uh, I've learned a lot of things that I am, that I am taking for granted in life. And uh, things like being able to put my clothes on, <laughs> uh, turning, turning over in bed, laying in any position I want in bed, just, just things that you don't even think about. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, you know, can't do that, can't do that. And, uh, and I have to sleep with this on. 
And I'm a lousy sleeper anyway, so I need your prayers for that. But uh, just pray that it will um, that it will heal the right way, and uh, that I will be able to do everything I need to do. Uh, I've struggled this week. Uh, you know, I, I want to be I want to be open with you guys. I've struggled this week. I've struggled physically, obviously. Obviously, it's a physical struggle. Uh, but I've also struggled emotionally. Um, you know, it's, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty discouraged, you know, because life's changed. And I can't do things the way that I want. And, and, and it's not looking good for golf, which is really difficult for me. Um, but there, there's a lot of things that I've struggled with, and, and one of my biggest fears uh, that I deal with, things that I get anxious about, one of the things I get anxious about are, is anything medical. <laughs> I, 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 medical appointments, medical tests, anything like that just stresses me out to a great degree. And so with having four different medical appointments this week, I have been very stressed, and and kind of uh, full of anxiety. Um, I remember the one appointment I got to, they, of course, every time you go into a medical appointment, what do they want to do? Take your blood pressure. It's like, why do you have to take my blood pressure every time, you know? So the one I went into, they took my blood pressure, and the guy said, well, this is pretty high. And I said, well, I'm pretty stressed out. <laughs> you know. But... Um, so I've been dealing with all that, and, and, and I've been depressed at times. So, so I was thinking about this sermon, and I was thinking about what I'm going to talk about today. And, and you know we've been talking about apologetics. And we've been talking about, you know, why we believe what we believe and digging into those kind of things. And, and I'm just going to be honest with you. By the time I really started thinking about sermon, I didn't really have time or really the, <laughs> the clarity to, uh, to dig into such things. And so I just started asking the Lord, you know, what is it? What is, what is it you want me to, to talk about, to communicate on Sunday? And uh, I think he said, you know, I just want you to talk about what you're learning. You know, what you're going through and what you're learning. And so uh, that's what I want to share with you today. I want to share with you some things. Because I, I, think, I think when I think about what I'm going through... Um, and, and Pastor Doug said this one time, and I, and I totally agree with it. Uh, many times you go through something like this and people say, why me? And Pastor Doug said one time, why not me? And uh, that's kind of been resonating in my mind this week. Why not me? You know, other people deal with this. Why, why not me? I'm no better than anybody else. So, you know, why wouldn't I have to deal with something like this? And so, so I've been thinking all about that and thinking that through. And, and so what do I do with this? What do, I, what do I do with this? And what do you do with whatever you're dealing with? Because we're all dealing with some things, right? I think we are. So the only thing that I know to do with it is to, is to turn to the Lord. That's really the only thing I know what to do, uh, to do with it. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't talk myself out of this. Okay. I can't pep myself, pep talk myself into this. 
I really can't. I mean, I, I could like, I could put my pep talk hat on with, for myself and, you know, look in the mirror and say, you can do this, you can do this. And, and I'd take the hat off and say, I don't think I can do this, you know. And, um, and, and I can't even really use distractions. Uh, distractions aren't really even going to get it for me. You know, sitting and watching the television or, you know, that's just mind-numbing. And, you know, I could read, but as I'm reading, sometimes the, it's really hurting and it's hard to read and it's hard to concentrate. Distractions don't, aren't really going to work. So, uh, so I need to turn to the Lord. I need to turn to Jesus. I need to, I need to turn to the Lord and figure out, you know, what God's saying to me. You know, and, and one of the things that I think God does in times like this is, you know, we're praying for healing. We're praying for uh, deliverance. We're praying for uh, this thing to uh, feel better and, and be better and quicker and all those kind of things. And the whole time that we're praying for that, I think a lot of times what we're missing is that God's trying to actually teach us something. God's trying to speak to us. God's trying to help us to go somewhere where we're not. And, uh, and so if we miss that, then a lot of times I think we're, then we're missing something that's very important that God wants to do in our life in a moment like this. So uh, I will tell you this, every, every text, every card, every phone call, every email, every message on Facebook, every... Uh, comment on Facebook, all of those kinds of things um, that, that I've received from uh, many of you is so, so very meaningful and encouraging to me. And I appreciate it so much. When you tell me that you're praying for me, that means the world to me. So I thank you for that. But for me, I, I had to turn to the scriptures. And so I'm going to take you to a scripture today that it's, it's kind of a peculiar, a peculiar scripture that has spoken to me through this, but it's, uh, but it's a scripture that has spoken to me through this nonetheless. So uh, it's John chapter 21, and uh, we're going to start in verse 15 and read through 25. John 21, 15 through 25. And this is what the word of the Lord says. This is after the resurrection. This is when Jesus is appearing to, uh, to people and especially to his disciples in, in this particular case. It says, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. A second time he asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told them. He told him. He asked him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. Truly I tell you, when you were younger, you would, you would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted. 
But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you and carry you where you don't want to go. He said this to indicate by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. After saying this, he told him, follow me. So Peter turned around and saw the disciple Jesus loved following him. The one who he had leaned back, the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and asked, Lord, who is the one that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? If I want him to remain until I come, Jesus answered, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So this rumor spread to the brothers and sisters that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not tell him that he would not die. But if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. And there are also, and there are also many other things Jesus did, which... If every one of them were written down, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. Isn't that a neat scripture? So I think it's interesting that Peter, uh, to, to, to really see Peter move so quickly from a time in which Jesus is interacting with him and really just a, a very wonderful moment in time when Jesus and he are, are interacting together and they're, they're interacting. And so he's moving very quickly from that to a point in which he is actually uh, looking at others. And this isn't the good kind of looking at others. This isn't like the kind of looking at others like he's concerned for others. This is the actual kind of looking at others where he wants to make sure that the others aren't going to get something better than what he got. This is the selfish kind of looking at others, okay? And so I, I believe that this is, um, this is helpful to me because, you know, what happened here is that uh, Peter wanted to know if John was going to have to endure the same amount of difficulty in his life that Peter was going to have to endure. And so it's helpful to me to show me that, that I'm not crazy, okay? Uh, really. And I'll explain that because there are times that in my life that I'm, I'm in tune with Jesus. I, I am in tune with Jesus. I'm, in, I'm communing with him. I, I'm in his presence. I, I just I feel his, his presence in my life. I sense his direction, I have his blessing, I feel that blessing, and, and it's just great. It's just wonderful moments in time that I'm with Jesus and I know I'm with Jesus. And I think that's somewhat the case here. Jesus was really guiding Peter into a time of restoration and reconciliation. You see, Peter had done what? When, Peter, when Jesus was arrested, what did Peter do? He denied him. He denied him, and he denied him three times. And one of the Gospels records a detail that uh, the third time that he denied him, that he and Jesus actually made eye contact. Can you imagine that? 
Can you imagine the heartache that Peter must have felt in that moment? And also the, the sense of failure, the sense of, I have failed my Lord. I have failed my master. I have failed the, the one whom I, I am in love with and I want to serve all my life. He had this overwhelming sense of failure. And so Jesus uh, is, is on trial. He's beaten. He's crucified. He dies. He's risen. And Peter, that failure, that sense of failure just doesn't like uh, fade away. That's something that a person would carry with them. And so Peter's carrying this failure, this sense of failure. In this moment in time when Jesus is asking, do you love me? Yes, I love you. You feed my sheep. This is, this is actually a moment in time when uh, Jesus is leading Peter through repentance and, and restoration, and he's helping him plant his feet back on solid ground. He's helping him to, uh, to get back on mission. He's helping him to, to be established again as a leader. Because I'm sure at this point, Peter, even though he had this personality, this leadership type of personality, I'm sure that he was thinking, I am anything but a leader right now. Because I'm the one that verbally denied him. Yeah, everybody else kind of took off and, and were not present. But I verbally denied him. And I'm, so, I'm sure that Peter was thinking, I can't lead anybody. And Jesus is taking this moment in time to establish all of these things, reconciliation, restoration, leadership. He's helping Peter to get his feet back on solid ground. And it's beautiful. It's really a beautiful moment. And then <laughs> we see Peter like turn away from that and say, but what about him? <laughs> and like I said, that helps me to realize I'm not crazy because I have those times. <laughs> I have those times. When, when, when Jesus is ministering to me in these ways, I'm thrilled, and it's truly a spiritual high, and it's fulfilling, and it's joyful, and it feels like a little slice of heaven. And then, and then sometimes something happens, and I feel like, well, What's going on here? I, I felt like things were going the right direction. You know? You ever felt like that? Felt like things were going a good direction, all of a sudden your big road roadblock comes in your way. So it, it seems like Peter takes this dramatic turn and, and, and granted, granted this dramatic turn is prompted by Jesus telling him that one day he would be old. And that he would need help, and that he wouldn't be able to get around on his own, okay? And as he's kind of given this idea that, uh, that there's going to come a day when great difficulty is going to come into his life, Peter, all of a sudden, he, he comes out of this time of, of, uh, of blessing with hearing from Jesus and being restored to this time of, man, that stinks, I've experienced that a little bit this week. Um, 
since I ruptured my Achilles, I, I can't do the little things that I, I constantly take for granted. I, I kind of mentioned that. But isn't this life? Isn't, isn't this life? Um, life is not only not guaranteed, okay, right? Life is not only not guaranteed, but also it's fragile. And it's temporary. And sometimes we, we feel like life's just going to keep going and everything's going to be great and we're going to be healthy and things are going to be well and our relationships are going to be great. And, and, you know, we have, you know, because things are really going really wonderful. And then all of a sudden, our Achilles ruptures. You know what I mean? But we don't handle these things very well. Um, Peter takes this 180 degree turn. He really does. He, he takes this 180 degree turn at this news uh, that he will get to the point where he no longer is in control. And we love to be in control, right? And we hate when we're not in control. And, be, and basically, Jesus was telling Peter, there's going to come a day, Peter, that you're not going to be in control. And so Peter just, he takes this 180, and, and that's, when things, that's when things turn for many of us, when all of a sudden, we're not in control. All of a sudden, we can't call the shots. All of a sudden, it isn't up to us or what's going to happen next. And so... Uh, we go. Uh, we can literally go from from the euphoria of the relationship that we have with Jesus, uh, and I'm speaking for myself here. I'm not saying this about any of you, okay? To going to an immature brat, okay? And when we do that, we we're basically um, claiming that what has happened to us is is unfair or. You know, what are we going to do with this? This isn't right. You know, and we just can't figure it out. Peter wasn't uh, immune to this. And so, and that's, to me, that's encouraging. It's encouraging to me that one of the, uh, one of the greatest disciples that we know of in the word of God wasn't immune to this. You know, that, that he actually went from a moment in time when he's with Jesus and Jesus is restoring him and and he's being like kind of put his feet back on solid ground. And all of a sudden Jesus says, but there's going to come a time you're not in control. And he's like, he just turns into this immature brat. And if it can happen with Peter, then it certainly can happen with me. Right? And so Peter, uh, he got that, ma- that, that message. And, and, um, and so he said, what, what's going to happen with John? What, what's going to happen with John? And we know it was John he was talking about. John indicates that. But, but we know it was John he was talking about. One of the things he said is the one that leaned back against the breast of Jesus at the Last Supper when Jesus said, one of you will betray me. Um, 
if you ever wondered why da Vinci painted his painting the way that he did, some of the, at least one of the disciples that he painted in that painting, he got from scripture as John is leaning back against Jesus. Um, I still don't think the painting is accurate as far as the way it probably looked, but but we know it was John that it, that Peter was talking about, and John he basically said, "What's what's what's going to happen with John?" There, uh, you know, Peter thought if any one of the disciples is going to be favored, that it's the one that was called the beloved, <laughs> right? I mean, Jesus calls him the beloved disciple. Of course, he's going to be favored, right? But, but I love Jesus' response. Jesus says to Peter, and, I, and I, I'm going to paraphrase through some of this. Jesus says to Peter, what is that to you? I don't think he probably said it with that, with that look on his face, you know. What is that to you? you know, I don't think Jesus probably did that. But, but basically, that's the message. What is that to you, Peter? What is that to you? In, in other words, it doesn't matter what happens to John. And here's what Jesus is getting at. Your faith is not in John. And, and, and this is the problem that we have. We have a tendency to put our faith in everything but Jesus. Anything but Jesus. Uh, whoever we want. I mean, it could be a person. It can be a thing. You know, it, it could be... It could be a relationship, it could be a job, it could be a, it, it could be a circumstance, it could be, you know, it could be all kinds of things. But we have a tendency to put our faith in other things. And so what Jesus is basically doing is he's saying, listen, your faith is not in John, your faith is in me. Peter, you keep your eyes on me. And there's a really neat uh, old hymn that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And I love that. I love those words because they're so true. They're so true. And, and that's what I think that's what Jesus was trying to communicate. Peter got that message. He got the message. And the reason we know that he got the message is because now, you know, we, we, we have the privilege of seeing his life now after this interaction. Okay, so after this interaction with, with Jesus, you know, Jesus ascends and, and they spend time in the upper room. And then who preaches the message on the day of Pentecost? Say it for the online people. Yeah, right. So, so we see then Peter preaching this, this message on the day of Pentecost. And so we know that he got what Jesus was saying. Peter, what is that to you? Don't look at John. Look at me. You know, and, and so Peter got the message. His life after this moment with Jesus is a testimony that Peter's certainty became Jesus himself. Peter's certainty became Jesus himself. And I love that because uh, that, is, that is what has been um, 
echoing in my mind this week is that my certainty is Jesus. Um, and, and what else has been echoing in my mind is, Chuck, what is that to you? You follow me. And that has been, um, that has been really important for me this week. That has been very important for me this week. Um, when I began to think about the certainty of Jesus, um, Jesus is certain. I sent an email out to the church. I don't know um, how many read. I know some read it because I got some replies, but I don't know how many read the email. Uh, In the email, I mentioned how death is thought of to be the one one of the certainties. We have very few certainties in life. We people say, "What is death? Taxes? Is that it? (laughs) It's a lot to look forward to, right? I mean, you know, death and taxes, certain." But, you know, we, we think of death as just that one thing that we're all going to experience. Death is, is certain. And so uh, the email talked about that, that death is certain. But Jesus changed that. Jesus actually changed that death is certain to, to a degree, to an understanding of, of what I'm talking about. He changed it when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, he said in the John chapter 11, when he was talking to Martha, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Right? Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And so you see here that, that Jesus actually changed the idea that death is certain. And so what he did was he became more certain than death itself. Now, what's interesting is if you do go back to uh, John chapter 11, uh, that is the chapter in which Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, right? And the reason that he's saying that to Martha is because Lazarus is Martha's brother, and he's, and he's dead, and he's been dead for four days in the tomb. And Jesus said these words, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, if Jesus would have just said that, and that's all, just said those words and done nothing else, I mean, it would have been really nice words, maybe some encouragement. But he didn't stop there, did he? No, he, he actually went to the tomb of Lazarus. And he called Lazarus out of the tomb from the grave, brought him back to life. I've heard people say that he specifically said, Lazarus, come forth, because if he would have just said, come forth, everybody who was dead would have came out of the grave. (laughs) Yeah. And so he demonstrated that he was the resurrection and the life. But then... He went beyond that because that's impressive. But what's even more impressive is that Jesus died, was buried, and rose from the dead himself. And when he did that, he declared 
not only with his words, but with his actions, that he is more certain than death itself. Right? Now, folks, if, if that, that's kind of an Easter message, but if that doesn't encourage you this morning, you, you must not be listening. Or you must not believe. So, when I think of, of how Jesus um, did all of those things, Jesus takes that which is certain and abolishes it and breathes life into death. And so Jesus becomes more certain than death itself. And, and like we talked about last week, if you remember last week, some of the message, uh, we talked about 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verses 3 through 8. When Jesus, when it says that uh, Jesus died according to the scriptures, uh, he was buried according to the scriptures, and he rose according to the scriptures, and it was witnessed by this person and this person and this person and 500 others, and it gave us kind of a list and helped us understand that when Jesus rose, that he was witnessed uh, alive by many, many people, okay? We talked about that last week, and, and that's, uh, that's exciting. And in our scripture text, as Jesus is interacting with Peter, this is the third time because Jesus saw the disciples without Thomas. Jesus saw the disciples with Thomas. And now this is the third time after the resurrection that Jesus is face to face with Peter. Face to face with Peter after the resurrection. Now, what am I getting at? How does it relate? This is what I see. If Jesus has authority over something as serious and as certain as death, and he does, wouldn't that also mean today that he has authority over whatever situation I find myself in? This isn't as serious as death. Jesus has authority over death, so he must have authority over this as well. Now, it's important that you, that you then make that personal because I know what's happening in my life. <laughs> I'm well aware of the challenges that I've faced this week. And so that's encouraging me. To me, that Jesus has authority over this, that Jesus is with me, that Jesus is helping me, that Jesus will do something through this. I don't know what, but he's certain, and I have faith in him. I trust him. I know some of what some of you are going through because some of you have shared some things with me. I want you to know and I want you to hear this morning Whatever that is, Jesus has authority over that. He has authority over that. He is more certain than that. Whatever it is. Okay? I don't have any clue what all of you are going through. But I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus has authority over that. 
and he's more certain than that. And I think, for me, that has been, that has been life-changing for me this week. And it's been something that I've, that I've repeated to myself in times of stress, in times of anxiety, in times of discouragement. You know, um, this is a long road. I don't be on, I, I, I'm just gonna be honest with you guys. I, I don't. I don't know if you've if you've liked this today. I haven't really liked this. <laughs> I'd really like to be walking around. Um, but this is the way it's gonna be for a while. And I'm sorry about that. But there's nothing I can do about it. All I know is to do what the Lord lays on my heart to do and do my very best for him in the way that I can. And as I think about that, it's discouraging and it's, it's disheartening. And then I think, but Jesus is certain. And I'm in this situation, so he must be with me. And he must be going to use this for my own. And I guess we can just look at this and say, we're kind of in this together. Whatever you're dealing with, what I'm dealing with, we're just in this together. Let's, let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Jesus said to Peter, what is that to you? Do you follow me? Do you keep your eyes on me? you keep trusting me? Let's do that together. Right? I want to pray for you. Lord God, as we, uh, as we bow before you this morning, Lord, there are things going on in life. Some things, Lord, that only you and the person knows. There are things, God, that um, seem very uncertain. They may be very troubling. They may be very discouraging. There may be a sense of what's next or how can this work out. There may even be a sense of, I know that it's going to be a long, hard road. Maybe someone here today is confused or they're, they're trying to make a decision. All of these things are very difficult, Lord, for us. And, and we have a tendency to get wrapped up in them and get our eyes on the wrong thing. And put our mind on the wrong thing, just like Peter did when he said, what about John? Lord, help us to take the advice that you gave to Peter and, and 
Don't worry about John. We need to follow you. We need to trust you. You are more certain than whatever it is that's going on in our life. And so, Lord, there, there are people here today that are dealing with uncertainty. And they need to look at a most certain God that can handle anything that's going on in their life. Thank you, Lord, in advance for what you're doing in our hearts, our lives, helping us where we need help. And God, if there's, if there's anyone here today that needs to come and bow at the altar to just give over that uncertainty to you and believe in the certainty of you, that they will be able to do that. And they'll be able to truly look to you, keep their eyes on you and follow you. Just like Peter did. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our hearts and lives right now. What you're going to do. We trust you. In Jesus' name.